You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the newsroom to you live. Welcome to Washington Post Live. I'm Ann Hornaday, Chief Film Critic for the Washington Post. And joining me today are legendary filmmaker Barry Levinson and actor Ben Foster, who are here to talk about the HBO film, The Survivor. This is a true story about Harry Haft, a Holocaust survivor who literally had to fight for his life, boxing for the entertainment of his Nazi captors, and how the battle scars followed him for the rest of his life. Today, Levinson and Foster are here to talk about how they tried to tell this complex story and how all of us can learn from Harry Haft, from his will to survive to the demons that never left him. Barry Levinson, Ben Foster, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. It's good to see you both. Um, Barry, I'll start with you. How did this <clears throat> story come to you, or did you come to it? It was um, the the script. Uh, the initial script was sent to me, and uh, I I read it. And um, a lot of times, you 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 do movies for well, I don't know. I like the script and. I think I'll do, that would be interesting to do. This one sort of uh, recalled a memory that I had uh, as a child in uh, the late 40s. And I lived with my parents and my grandparents. And um, one day this man showed up at the door and uh, it turned out that it was my grandmother's brother who I'd never heard of. She never spoke about him. And um, what happened was he stayed with us for several weeks and they put him upstairs in my bedroom, uh, a little cot on the other side of the room. And the first night uh, I was awakened to the sound of him uh, speaking some kind of language, you know, sort of yelling, tossing and turning in bed. And um, then he fell back asleep. And this went on every night for the two weeks that he stayed with us and then he moved on. And uh, uh, that, that was sort of ingrained in my head, and then, but no one would, no one spoke about him afterwards in any way, at least when I was around. And then, when I was about 16 years old, I was sitting at a kitchen table with my mother, and she mentioned Simka, that was his name, and you know that he was in a concentration camp. And all of a sudden, I went, "Oh, now I guess that's what those uh, nightly nightmares were all about." And uh, so, when I read the script, I. I immediately flashed on that moment and I thought, well, the idea of post-traumatic stress disorder is really quite, it's not been really dealt with in a sense in terms of people who survived. And I thought, well, that would be a worthwhile project to sort of in, in, to get involved with and, uh, and develop it. Indeed, it is so much <clears throat> about that generational silence. Um, that, that just comes through so movingly in, in this movie. And I wanted to add for our viewers, we do want you to be a part of this conversation. So please tweet us your questions at, at post live. But Ben, as Barry intimated, um, this is a complicated, it's a complicated story just in terms of the shifting timelines, but also the shifting emotional weather of Harry. Um, tell us a little bit about him and and how you kind of found your way in to all of the different layers that you needed to express um, in this in this performance. 
Well, we, we when Barry called uh, with the material, it, it was it was very exciting. Uh, Barry gave me my first job, uh, my first film when I was seventeen. Uh, and he said, I, "I I got something that um, that I'm excited about." Uh, and I read it right then. was was so deeply moved by Harry Half's story. It wasn't one that I was familiar with. And then we started getting down to logistics as it, it follows three decades of, a, of or, or, or I suppose three seasons of a man's life and uh, in extreme circumstances. And though the film uh, flashes forward and back in time, we realize that the best way, or at least the way that we could best tell the story was, was, was to shoot it in order to, to the best of our ability. And that started in the camps. Uh, so that uh, meant that I had to lose an, uh, weight to, to uh, I mean, when you see pictures, when you start researching the project, it, it's not that you come in knowing how to do it. it it's, it's, it's a discovery process. And in that discovery, you get to meditate on these ideas and, and through research and sitting with it, seeing the, the survivors and, and listening to their voices, it was about saturating, um, saturating our minds and our hearts into this world. Mm. This is, of course, um, based on a book written by Harry's son, Alan. Did you, did, was he a part of that process, that creative process? Barry, you want to take that? Well, um, in terms of, I mean, we, you know, in, in terms of the book and then when it was adapted as a screenplay, um, yes. And then periodically there were a couple of times we had to uh, ask about certain specifics and then he would provide the information that he knew about that. And what about your characterization, Ben? I mean, did you go to, was he accessible to you? Or, or I mean, it's so tricky when you're playing somebody, you know, a real person, you don't want to you don't necessarily need to, need to do an impersonation, you know, but you want to be true to their um, true to their essence. Beautifully said. That that that's what we were after. It, it wasn't about an impression. We I watched his testimony. Uh, we spent hours hours and hours listening to testimonies of of survivors, and and the sense was. The more that I could listen to these stories, the more that I could saturate into this uh, a, a state of mind. Uh, I didn't speak with Alan uh, until we, we were well into shooting. And he, being the son of a survivor carries its own uh, challenges as well. Uh, um, and it, it felt perhaps disrespectful for, for me to, to bother him with saying, I'm going to play your father. Uh, it was much more important to find the man within myself and, and then uh, meet him under other circumstances. Yes, indeed. Um, and I don't, you know, I think it's almost, it's become a little bit of a, of a movie journalist cliche to, to, to ask about the weight loss and all the physical transformations. But that said, you do undergo ex astonishing physical transformations um, in the course of this film, not just with his, you know, the weight loss that, of course, you had to, to, to endure, but um, the aging, 
Um, mm. Did you, were there, were, did you, when you said you filmed in sequence, does that mean you took some time off in between those sequences so that you could kind of find the physical Harry? We did. Uh, we, 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 it's 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 easier to gain weight than to lose weight. Don't I know it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so understanding that that we, we kind of leaned in pretty heavy into that, and and uh, it wasn't a number so much that I was targeting, but 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 finding a uh, a uh, a connection to the images that we see when when you watch the documentaries, when you see the the images of of people who are in the camps, the images are uh, uh, horrifying. Uh, and for me, the, 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 it would, I wouldn't be able to show up on set. I wouldn't be able to face myself if, if I didn't in some way try and serve that as, as uh, safely, but, but identifiably recognizable as possible. I was looking to to reach a point. Harry lost an enormous amount of weight in the camps, um, and I wanted to see the bones in my chest. Uh, I wanted to see how far I could fight, and and uh, uh, at deficit. And it was a personal decision. It, it it wasn't so much an effect as as rather I intuited that if I was able to lose and keep fighting, that once we took five weeks off to put on the weight again to put on fifty pounds. Uh, that experience would inform the rest of Harry's life. Those kind of traumas aren't something that you shake. And, um, and it, even beneath muscle and weight, you carry the skeleton with you. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, I'd like to show a clip now um, that, that demonstrates this astonishing physical transformation, um, but also introduces one of the central relationships of the movie. Let's let's go to the clip and then we'll we'll come back and talk about it. Wissen Sie, ein Jude, der ein Loch bleibt, muss nach Auschwitz in die Gaskammer. Ich werde Ihnen für Ihre Mühen zusätzliche Mittel sogar mal lassen. One four four seven three eight. You belong to me now. Hertzke, hm? Hertzke Heft. This is my name. Obersternführer Dietrich Schneider. Um, that is Billy Magnuson playing Dietrich Schneider, the the um, Nazi captor who enlists Harry Haft to box for this sadistic entertainment um, of of Schneider's colleagues. Um, Barry, I think I'll take this take this to you. Tell us about that relationship. How would you characterize that relationship between Schneider and Haft? <clears throat> it's a complicated relationship because. Um, in many ways, um, uh, that SS officer knows better, and uh, <clears throat> but but complies with um, 
you know, uh, the Nazi Reich in terms of, you know, their beliefs. So it's a, it's a, it's a complicated. So the idea that he'll reach out and shake hands with them, which you assume uh, none would ever do, uh, he can make those connections and does it periodically um, without giving away too many things. He actually discusses that he believes that the that the Third Reich will fail ultimately, and uh, but yet he is committed as a soldier uh, to follow um, those uh, rules uh, that are put in place, which in a sense makes him extremely frightening. That somehow he knows better, but yet he will. He is committed to uh, the Reich, and uh, and and said and senses that it will collapse in the near future. And Ben, tell me about playing that psychological those contradictions with Billy. What what I appreciate about this film is the moral ambiguity throughout. Uh, the, the, there aren't any easy answers. Uh, and in terms of those dynamics of uh, this SS officer is in some ways his protector, his enabler, the judge, jury, and executioner. Uh, oftentimes we can over intellectualize a, a relationship and in life what I found is there's a lot of ambiguity with, with certain relationships and best not outsmart it and just show up and plant your feet and be with each other. Um, unfortunately, I am not getting Ben's audio. I'm, so I hope that that answer was, was legible to our audience. Um, and uh, I'm gonna keep on trucking here. Um, so forgive me if that invited a follow-up that I'm not asking, but <laughs> we're, we're, it is live. It is Washington Post live, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it all happened. It was a very good answer, even though I you, don't you doubt know. it. I don't doubt it. Um, Mary, <laughs> tell me, tell it, you know, I did note that this is, and I think the last time Barry, you and I met was during Liberty Heights. It was here. I still live in Baltimore, Maryland. I'm this is where I'm oh. joining you from today. Um, and that was that was, of course, Ben's first film role. So, what was it like sort of uh, reconnecting with this kid that you that you helped discover back in the day? Well, it's, um, you know, I, I, I did not see him very often uh, post uh, Liberty Heights, except, you know, seeing him when I go to the theater and, and uh, you know, see the films that he was in. And uh, he, he exceeded my expectations in a sense because he truly sort of blossomed and, and was able to, in, in, in Liberty Heights was a comedy drama, but then he went into some really dark films and his uh, his ability to ultimately play multiple characters, uh, I think is extraordinary. So, um, and in this one here, I was sometimes amazed on certain days of the week, how accomplished an actor he really is. Your instincts were right 24 years ago. You knew, you knew. Um, you mentioned the comedy drama aspect, and, and I might add that, that the survivor does have, I think people might be surprised to learn, a, a fair amount of comedy. You know, there's, there's humor in this, this film. Ben, do you want to talk a little bit about Harry's uh, singular brand of, of, <laughs> of uh, amusement, self-amusement and others? Uh, is the mic working yet? Yes, thank you. It is. Uh, 
Well, the joy of working with Barry is is is, is he's like he he's this incredible jazz conductor. It's it's not just what's on the page. It's he's hunting for the idiosyncratic human behavior, the truth, a a truth within in a scene. Um, and despite some of the more dramatic elements of the film, he would tell stories and and have the crew rolling with laughter and 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 a lot of that was was telling jokes and particularly Jewish jokes. Not to put a spoiler for this, but there's a moment towards the very end of the picture that was supposed to be a silent moment. And and Barry leaned into me and he had been telling this joke on set. And he said, you remember the remember the hat joke? I'm like, yeah. He's like, why, why don't you tell Miriam the, the joke? And we rolled and, and uh, didn't over talk it, didn't overthink it. Uh, and it's in the picture. And I, I think it's a meaningful moment. Uh, there, it's Barry's constantly looking for the 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 human uh, fragility and will, and often with that comes uh, an absurd and ridiculous and amusing and funny and human um, sense of humor. Uh, so we're always hunting something. Um, can't, it's not all furrowed brows in this one. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the oh, go ahead, Barry. No, no, no. I mean, I, I mean, I, it, it's all to me. It's part of you know just human behavior. Um, you know, yes, there are all these dark moments, and sometimes there's this humor that comes through in the most strange, uh, strange moments. And um, uh, sometimes you try to like do that because I think that that's the full person. You know, there are these dark things, etc., that take place, and then there's this other part of the brain that sometimes computes other moments. And when we were at Auschwitz uh, prior to the shoot, and um, one of the um, guides that we had was talked about that, uh, that some of that existed there in, uh, in the camps, because in a sense, it was like, you know, for some relief that they, they, can, they can laugh about something in the midst of all of that kind of uh, cruelty that went on. So, uh, in life and even in the camps in the darker moments. So it's worthwhile to say, well, if we can find it, an honest moment to portray something uh, other than the, the drama of it, then I think it, it fulfills and uh, enhances character. Indeed, and it does, it does, it is humanity. And so hanging on to humor is a way of hanging on to humanity. So I think it, it's, it feels very organic and very authentic. And we do, I'm happy to say, we have a, we do have a question, um, a Twitter question from Joni Daniels. And Joni asks, in what way has filming this story changed each of you? Barry? Hmm. Well, that's a complicated question because sometimes you could, things can change you and you're not even aware of uh, that change taking place, for one. Uh, I don't know that I could point to and say, well, because of this, now I have uh, I have changed. Uh, I think you you gain knowledge in sometimes in in small doses, and uh, and they may have an effect that you're not even aware of. I think that that aspect happens. I don't think we we immediately learn and change uh, in a conscious way. I think it sneaks up on you. 
I think events all through our lives uh, have some kind inform of inform us in some way and ultimately change us, and we're never really quite aware of it. Uh, so I can't give you a definitive answer. I just think it's uh, it's part of uh, growing up, and no matter what age you are, you're still growing up. Uh, uh, I agree with 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 Barry's uh, answer to to Joni. Uh, I, I I'd say uh, not so much change, but but an awareness, uh, an awareness of of the the immigrant story. I was aware of it with my own family. My my nana came over from Romania. Uh, my, my grand father's parents came over from Ukraine and uh, I had those optics after shooting the film and spending time with the stories of of Harry coming from Poland and a current worldview of of what's going on in the Ukraine or Afghanistan I'd say the change is is more a deepening of 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 empathy for those who are looking for safe harbor Indeed, you know, I, I, you cannot help but be struck um, by watching this film, which, which HBO is releasing on Holocaust Remembrance Day, appropriately, appropriately, but also in the midst of this, of this Ukraine conflict. Um, and, and Ben, you just put it very well, but Barry, would you like to speak to that, um, um, how you feel like this connects to our present moment? Well, I think, <clears throat> uh, I, I, th I think it, um, it connects to all of those things that take place that all, that have such an overwhelming effect on individuals and and the collective. You know, we 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 somehow thinks well we'll think well when something ends then it's over and that's it and it's and it and it's forgotten. And unfortunately, there are a great deal of people like right now. You're seeing all of these people. You know, leaving uh, the Ukraine, three three plus million, I, I think, at last count, and you'd say, okay, uh, they've they've escaped, they've gotten out of that kind of uh, nightmare, and for some, they'll be fine in that way, and for others, they're gonna that's gonna stay with them for the rest of their lives because they can't get past it, and it haunts them, and which is what go what Harry goes through in terms of the camps. What goes through now, it, it applies to so many ki kinds of uh, uh, people from all over the world and those kinds of traumas. In many ways, you know, unfortunately, you know, mankind just repeats itself over and over again. And for whatever uh, fault there may be in, in, in the human race is that we are continually at odds with one another for reasons that are sometimes incredible and hard to believe. And uh, that kind of repet repetition, uh, you think that somehow we, will, we become more enlightened, but we don't. And, and, and I think what's important is that we have to understand the past because otherwise, you know, people like I, I believe, and I could be wrong, and is that something like 35% of high school students really don't know what the Holocaust was. And, you know, it's it's just one example. There are many, many examples of of atrocities that taken have taken place that we just forget about. And the human toll isn't just at that moment; it's decades later. It continues on and on. You know, Barry, you've just teed up a question I had when I was watching the film. 
because over the years, and I've written about this, I, I, I've been very ambivalent about sort of staging the Holocaust. And, and um, there's, there's imagery that, that, you know, some of us have come to think of as um, not cliched, but just that, that any kind of reenactment or any attempt um, to reproduce that is, um, is problematic. But to your point, there are, there's now a whole gener, you know, speaking of generational silence and just forgetting and just the, the, the amount of time that goes by between an event, um, these things need to be retold and you need to find new languages to tell them the more time that yeah. goes by. Yes, true. Absolutely. I was, and, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I guess I wanted to ask you about how you found your way through those aesthetic questions. I, I think the, I mean, the best you could, that I can do is to uh, know as much information as I can and then try to make the characters as credible as possible so that they are uh, reacting in the moment. Uh, so that there, there's a, a life to it and a liveliness to it and an inarticulate uh, nature as well, because we're, we're not so exact in what we say. Uh, we haunt a haunt. We, we hunt for answers for uh, haunting uh, episodes that have taken place. And we can't always do that. But you, you want to be able to find a way for an audience to connect to the characters you're, you're presenting and uh, and take that uh, that journey in a sense for the you know the two hours plus and I think is as much as you can do. I was also really interested to see. I mean, you've obviously with your Baltimore cycle, you know, you've you've made films about the Jewish experience and Jewish life and culture and family, um, and this is a new this is a new aspect of that. And I gather that you worked with the Shoah Foundation in preparing this? Yeah, they provided a lot of information uh, pre, uh, you know, in pre-production, you know, and um, we, would, we would ask certain questions, what about this, what about this? And so they would provide <clears throat> from their vast knowledge um, information uh, or sometimes you'd ask a question you just really have no idea about, and they'll say, well, actually this and this and this, and you try to, look, you want to be as authentic as you can, and you know that it's impossible to ever be totally, completely uh, authentic, because you are, in the end of the day, it is a film and, uh, and not a documentary. So you do the best you can. You try to be as honest as you can in trying to present that to an audience, and you have to engage the audience in the journey that you're going on, you know? So um, uh, I, I think you have to pay a little extra attention because of the nature of the material. But even if it were the, not just simply this particular story, but there are a lot of stories, uh, you know, to be told that are, that are sometimes difficult issues, but you have to engage that audience in some way. And at the same time, uh, feel uh, very credible for the audience, you know? Right, and- I was always, I always remembered in, uh, in uh, cause you, you, we are talking about, you know, film and 
uh, in Sullivan's travels, I think the the director and that said, you know, I want to make a movie about you know uh, the 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 people in the country and man, and the, the struggle. And then, he, and then he said, I want to do all that. And then the, the executive says, yes, but with a little sex. He said, yes, with a little sex. Exactly. The great Adolf Manjou. I know. Exactly. Right. That was the, uh, he wanted to make Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, I believe. Yes. yes that's right. That's right. <laughs> but again, I mean, I think um, we are all probably of a generation where we did grow up with these, some of these stories, not all of them for sure. but. Um, we we know the references you know we when we when you if you talk about auschwitz a lot of us do have those images but then there's this whole generation that doesn't and you almost have to kind of reteach them what you're you're, you're doing you're doing a lot of work in this film barry and ben you know you're kind of working on on several layers at levels at once yeah and and look you know the when i grew up and and there would be times that they my grandmother and and her friends would talk about us talk about a subject and if it got to be uh what they thought would be uh, uh that the children shouldn't hear they would they'd suddenly start speaking in yiddish because they didn't want us to know um you know wh what was going on so it was like to protect the children that that was like the thing to protect the children but at the same time then the children don't necessarily know things that in a sense they 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 have to ultimately know about otherwise you end up in many cases like where we are today where so many people don't realize uh some important events that have happened uh throughout the world you know i mean when you think of world war ii and the catastrophe of it and then a lot of people have no knowledge of that and you go my god uh how do you keep moving forward and improving in some way if you don't understand the the, the past? And so, you know, there there are a lot of mistakes that go on. Like, well, let's not talk about it. Let's not do this. Let's not. Ah, that's the past. Forget the past. Let's move on. And uh, that that's not necessarily a prescription for a, a better future. Well said. And um, unfortunately, we're out of time. But that is a great note. Uh, to leave on both Barry Levinson and Ben Foster. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Anne. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.